We talk about UN Security Council in intense negotiation on Gaza humanitarian resolution. We're joined by Sister Romana Rubio, Managing Editor of the Palestinian Chronicle. Uh, Sister Romana, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Alaikum assalam and thanks for having me. Shukran, we appreciate your time. Uh, so why is the negotiation in terms of uh, coming to a point of a uh, humanitarian resolution. Uh, what is the background to the need for negotiation? We understand that United Nations Security Council are involved in intense negotiation over a draft resolution uh, on the Israeli war in Gaza uh, so that aid can come in. So what is this negotiations all about? Yes, first of all, there is an absolute need for a ceasefire uh, because, as you said, the humanitarian situation is basically beyond the point of collapse in Gaza. And everybody can see that. Now there are two levels of negotiations and talks. On the one side, there is the international community that um, launched and triggered some mechanism of international law. But that wasn't enough because we saw times and again during the 75 days of war that the United States and some other countries, but especially the United States at the Security Council with their veto power, they basically blocked any attempt by the international community to achieve a ceasefire on the basis of international law and on the basis of the world order as we know the world order as the World War II post-World War II world order. So that's one level of discussion that was basically neutralized uh, by the U.S. insistence in blindly supporting Israel despite the massive violations of international law and humanitarian law that Israel was practicing and carrying out in Gaza. On the other side, uh, there, e there are now negotiations that were achieved directly by the Palestinian resistance on the battlefield and by the Palestinian people, thanks to their sumud and to their mukawama and to their resilience and steadfastness. Because I think that personally, I think that Israel, uh, after imposing uh, what they call a medieval siege on the Gaza Strip, basically cutting off the Gaza Strip from electricity, water, uh, food, uh, fuel, and all kinds of basic necessities, I think Israel was sure that the Palestinian people and the Palestinian resistance would have surrendered in the matter of a few days. Then they thought maybe the matter of a few weeks. But we are seeing that not only the Palestinian people, despite the massive and really beyond any ability for me to describe them, losses that they had to endure, they are still steadfast and they are still supporting the resistance and the resistance is still achieving military victories on the ground. To the point that now it is Israel that is actually asking for a ceasefire and Israeli media yesterday reported that Israel will pay a heavy loss because the resistance has made it clear. This time it cannot be a temporary ceasefire as it was the case at the end of November when Israel then 
started all over again to bomb, to arrest Palestinians, to torture Palestinians. This time it has to be dif different. Um, today, the leader of um, the Palestinian resistance movement, Hamas, arrived in Cairo uh, for a round of negotiations. Uh, the secretary general of the Islamic Jihad from Gaza also was invited to Cairo in a few days. And he reiterated that this time is an everyone for everyone kind of exchange. Yes, everyone, for every kind, one kind of change. What would that really mean? The, that would mean all remaining Israeli hostages for all Palestinian prisoners. Yes, these are the intentions of the resistance, along with other uh, other uh, conditions. Of course, we do not know in detail what are the conditions uh, on the, the table of negotiations, but we have some hints. Uh, for example, the left of the siege of, of Gaza, uh, the um, complete withdrawal of Israeli forces from uh, Gaza, because now uh, they are located in, you know, at the, at the on the outskirts of several areas of the Gaza Strip. Uh, um, the, of course, the all Palestinian prisoners, not only the ones that were already in Israeli detention, and we have to remember that it's an unlawful detention uh, because uh, pal Palestinian people are an occupied people and detaining them and moving them to Israel is a breach, uh, is a violation of the Fourth Geneva Convention to begin with. And then hundreds of Palestinians were arrested during Israel's ground invasion of Gaza uh, starting on October 27. And a couple of days ago, we learned from Haaretz that uh, unfortunately, some of the detainees uh, died uh, while in Israeli detention. Uh, they moved them to a military base in the Nakab Desert, and they are tortured. Uh, there is there are cases of ill treatment. This is according to Euromed Monitor: ill treatment, torture, um, starvation, uh, beating, and all kinds of things that, of course, uh, go against uh, the international and humanitarian law, and even the um, the laws of the war that regulate war and conflict. Israel is basically violating all laws regulating um, international uh, relations and war. So uh, this is, of course, a point of no return, uh, but Israel feels the pressure, the internal pressure, especially after the Israeli army killed three of the hostages that were uh, detained in Gaza, uh, three of the prisoners indeed, because they were Israeli soldiers. Uh, they were killed by Israeli soldiers themselves, and this created an impossible situation for the Israeli government, because of course the families of the captives are now uh, you know, determined uh, to bring their relatives back as soon as they can. They don't want uh, Israel to wait um, a minute more. Yes. What's happening in the West Bank? Yes, apparently uh, with the aggression of Gaza, Israel uh, launched a massive campaign in the West Bank. Also because they know that uh, maybe not at the same degree of military ability and uh, military capability, but in the West Bank too, uh, there are many groups that are uh, resisting the occupation. Um, we see uh, a difference from what happened, for example, uh, in the beginning of the 2000s. For example, in 2002, there was the invasion of the Janine camp by the Israeli occupation forces, and that determined a stop in the armed resistance 
resistance in many parts of the West Bank. This time around, last July, there was a terrible invasion of the uh, of the Janine camp, and many Palestinians were killed, many Palestinians were injured, but it didn't determine an end to the armed resistance. To the contrary, the Lions Den and the Al Qassam brigades in the in uh, the uh, West Bank and also the Al Quds brigades they are more organized than ever. Uh, and Israel uh, is very afraid that basically a bomb can blow up uh, in all of its territory. Uh, it started with terrible campaign, detention campaign. We know of hundreds of people uh, that were detained starting, uh, actually thousands of people were detained starting on October 7th. Some of them were released, but some of them are still in prison. Uh, the, um, the Israeli occupation forces raid regularly on a daily basis. Refugee camps, towns, cities and villages in the West Bank, they detain, they kill, they injure. So the situation situation is terrible. Um, over 500 people were killed in the West Bank. So we are talking about a parallel war uh, that is also uh, hidden from, of course, from the attention of the media because of the tragedy that is unfolding in front of our eyes in Gaza. We are being told now that 190,000 jobs have been lost since the beginning of the war. Uh, you know, what does this really mean in practical terms? Yes, Israel is losing uh, so much in terms of uh, economy uh, and also in terms of its ability to restore from uh, a terrible financial loss. Uh, why am I saying that? Because never in history uh, Israel had been so isolated at a political stage. Yes, of course, it is still protected by the United States, especially it is still protected by some Western countries, but at the end of the day, at the United Nations, the vote last time, not at the Security Council, but at the General, General Assembly, the vote was clear. Only the United States and Israel voted against the ceasefire. Ten countries abstained, and I'm sure that the diplomatic pressure by Israel was huge, uh, but it still couldn't conquer more than 10 countries, and 153 countries voted in favor of a ceasefire, even some European countries. And also another factor is that uh, part of Israel's um, economy was founded, was grounded in the military exchanges, military sales. And what we are seeing now is that actually uh, the Israeli military capabilities are put in doubt. Uh, there were several reports last week by uh, the uh, several um, uh, American U.S. media uh, saying that uh, the the resistance with drones that are worth a few thousand dollars were able to basically defeat a million dollar technology, uh, military technology. So Israel uh, is suffering huge losses from a financial point of view. The reservists are uh, in the battlefield and they're not able to go back to work. Uh, and it is going to be more difficult than ever for Israel to recover from these financial losses. Certainly, we appreciate uh, the update. Shukran Jazeelan for your time. Our du'as and our Thank assistance. Thank you so much. And continue to be with Palestinians. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thank you. Alaikum wa That was our guest uh, giving us an update on the latest situation.